What up, dorks? Well, well, well. It feels like forever since we've done a episode of The Throwback, but fear not. We are back with a new episode of The Throwback. It's me, it's Steve here, and I am not alone here. I'm here joined by the good brother all the way in Detroit, Detroit versus everybody, the man with the golden charm, Big Mike, the Big Mike Wrestling Recap Show. What's up, bro? How you been? Yo, what's going on? Um, happy to be back. It's been a while. Yes, it's and, been like uh, two weeks. Yeah, it's been a while, but happy to talk about this pay-per-view. Yes, so... Yes, it's felt like forever, two weeks, if you will. It's crazy because we were talking about doing this two weeks ago in your house. Because again, with NXT bringing back in your house, and for a lot of people, myself included in a way, in your house was, was like a big part of my wrestling childhood, if you will. Right. right. So when I heard that NXT was bringing it back, I got excited. I'm like, oh, cool, awesome. Now, Depending when you listen to this, this coming Sunday will be NXT TakeOver in your house. I only hope, I only hope that they do bring back the old setup for in your house for TakeOver. I know they won't in reality, but one can just, one can hope, right? Yeah, I would be sorely disappointed if they don't bring it back. I know it's a full sale. Uh, Cause I know they do their, they, they do NXT in full sale, which right. is crazy, right? And you think about WWE nowadays doing their shows at the PC, right? Raw and SmackDown right. 205 Live, but yet NXT still is in full sale. But that's besides the point, or around the point for that matter. Anyway, this week, because of In Your House, we decided to go back in time to the very first in your house that took place on may 14th 1995 mother's day sunday that's right in your house one which took place at the odonga county war memorial which is part of the onsetter complex in syracuse new york attendance was seven thousand people and it was a pay-per-view it garnered about 332 buys, 332,000 buys, which is basically the equivalent to a 0.83 buy rate. When you look back on this show, um, I thought this show for me, okay, listen, this was the first in your house. Granted, if you look into the rest of all the in your house that passed prior to this, there have been better ones. But I thought this one, honestly, for the first In Your House, I thought, honestly, it was, for me at least, I gave it a pass. I gave it a C plus. Mike, what about you? Uh, Yeah, I think I'm around that point, too. I'm giving it a C plus as well. We can agree. On this show, had everything. Bret Hart yeah. wrestled twice. Um, they gave out a house. <laughs> it's just hilarious yeah. as all hell. Doc Hendricks on commentary is the bleeding shits. Doop, 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 if you will. And yeah, WWE 1995, man. What can I tell yeah. you? What yeah. the fuck can we tell you? Holy new generation. Shit. The new generation. But goddamn, yo, Bret Hart, I swear to God, yo, 
make can make anybody this is what i learned from watching the show and again granted if you look back in the history of bret hart he can make anyone look like a million bucks he can make anyone feel like he be, that, that person belongs in the ring with bret hart if you will right now right. granted when you look at the show yeah i'm looking up or not on wikipedia right the show was like an hour and 40 minutes almost 90 yeah, it was a short show but if you look at the car, dude, they left out three matches from the pay-per-view itself. Which I'm like, why? Why would you leave these matches out? I, I don't know why would you. If you will, like the match they left out, Jean-Pierre Lafleet, which is basically uh, PCO versus Bob Holly, whatever, who gives a shit, right? All right, all right, all right. All right. Undertaker versus Kama, Bam Bam Bigelow versus Tatanka, the British Bulldog and Owen Hart wrestle to a draw. Like these are matches that I feel like, honestly, granted, you know, I would have added them. Cause at least it would have ele- would have given that little umph, if you will. Yeah. But I'm like, what the fuck? How does Mabel and Adam bomb? Get the main card treatment, but yet Undertaker and Kama get the dark match treatment. It's beyond me, dude. It's beyond well, me. Well, one's a King of the Ring qualifier, and yeah, the dude, one this is the Undertaker, dude. This is the Undertaker. Well, yeah, that's true, but these were essentially what house shows. So, well, King of the Rings were like filler pay per views until you get to the main show. Right. So, granted, back in the '90s, back back in the day, you looked at your main four, right? WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, um, and SummerSlam, right? And then yeah. you have some big shows in between. You'll have the King of the Ring. Um, you'll have, I guess, and in your house, if you will, right? And in your house is basically the filler pay per views to get you to the main track to the main shows, if the, the bigger shows, if you will. Yeah. But again, a big part of my childhood, a big fucking uh, part of my childhood uh, back in the day. Uh, the events were promoted as basically, they were, they were promoted at fourteen ninety five on pay-per-view, bro. It's very cheap. Yeah. Very cheap if you look back to like nowadays and shit, right? Um, so I'll say this. To me, the opening package I enjoyed. I don't know what it is, but with Todd Pangale talking like back in the day, in the beginning of these shows, I always thought, "Oh, this is badass!" Like, holy shit, it, it made you, f- it made it feel like, "Holy crap, dude!" Happy if, if the guy succeeds, but goddamn, if he fails, and with yeah. Pangale doing the narration, yeah, just saying, dude. I wish yeah. honestly they can go back to that, even with even if it's NXT. I really would be, I would literally mark the fuck out. I'm saying this right now. I would mark the fuck out. If this Sunday I take over in your house, right? They bring back Top Pangil for the video packages. That would be cool. Think about it, yo. Imagine him hyping up Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream. Or Adam Cole, oh my bad, Tommaso Ciampa versus Karrion Cross. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. 
but that's but again guys that's beside the point um on this during this time i was four years old i was going to be five mike you weren't even around basically in 95 you weren't even you weren't even around what month was it what month was may it? 14th may yeah i was a couple of months being born so yeah there you go you weren't even around bro you're you're still in the womb Yep, <laughs> you're still in the womb. Right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go, uh, guys. Again, if you're in the, if you're listening right now, whether it's in the YouTube comments or on the podcasting platforms, give us your thoughts. Whether it be on Twitter at Heel Steven or Mike, let them know where can they follow you at, bro. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at Big Mike's WRS and on Instagram at Big Mike's Wrestling Recap Show. There you go, guys. Again, give us your thoughts on everything that we're talking about here on the throwback. And before we go any further, next week, next week, myself and Mike will be talking about Invasion 2001. So make sure you guys tune in for that one as well on the next episode of the throwback. So we kicked the show off with Bret the Hitman Hart. Now, Bret Hart was advertised to wrestle Jerry Lawler on the show, but also had to wrestle uh, Hakushi. Hakushi, known as the White Kamikaze. Right? Yeah, yeah, the White Kamikaze. The I white, yeah, the White Kamikaze. So, um, it's one of those things where, you know, again, you know, this match overall, I gotta say, you know, the idea that, oh my God, Bret Hart had to do double duty on this show. Right, facing a guy who at the time was undefeated in Hakushi, who was accompanied by Sinja. Uh, Mike, wh- your overall thoughts watching Hakushi here. Was it your first time watching him? No, no. I've seen a couple of uh, episodes of Raw on the network uh, from back in the day, uh, watching, you know, going through all the Raws and stuff like that. So it wasn't my first time watching him. Um, but. He's very underrated. Uh, I like his work. Um, just the gimmick just didn't work out. But um, he was a pretty good worker to me. He was. He really, really was um, one of those guys that was just amazing to watch back in the day. Especially with the yeah. high-flying moves and all that stuff. Uh, granted, it was at a time where Vince was trying to do all these like goofy gimmicks, if you will. Yeah. But I think in today's wrestling, his character would work. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, And again, Bret Hart made him look like a million bucks in the ring. I don't care what anyone says, dude. And the fact that this guy was undefeated. Undefeated in his match. Undefucking defeated. Uh, The match went about 14 minutes and 39 seconds. Uh, But again, a good back and forth match. Just back and forth, right? There's moments where you thought, okay, Hakushi has this. Uh, there are moments where Sinjo was distracting the referee. But was all said and done, Bret Hart ended up getting the win over Hakushi. He basically um, rolled him up. And keep this in mind, too. You had Jerry Lawler watching backstage on a monitor at the same time. Because, yeah. again, he had yeah. a match with Bret. He had a match with Bret. And one thing that I noticed, Mike, I don't know about you. I went, again, I wish they'd do this today. They were watching, Jerry Law was watching the monitor. He wasn't watching on a different angle, if you will, like they do today. Exactly. Like, come on, can we at least get that? Right. 
And yeah, Bret Hart won. He ended the undefeated streak of Hakushi. Um, and <laughs> at the end of the match, right, um, Bret Hart jumps to the arena floor and he appeared to legitimately injure his knee. And one thing I remember about Bret Hart in midnight, like in that time period, like in 94, 95, every time I would watch him, he'd always have a problem with his knee. Like they would always sell this idea that, oh my God, Bret Hart's knee, Bret's knee, Bret's knee. Holy shit. He's hurt. He's hurt. Yeah. And Mike, your thoughts though on this match overall, your thoughts. Uh, I thought the match, I think it was a great opener. Uh, really good action. Uh, Bret Hart is a master at this wrestling thing. And uh, that's why he's one of the best ever. Um, but uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the match thoroughly. Absolutely. Absolutely. I enjoyed it too. Again, if there's anything about this show, it shows you, and like I said this before, I'll say it again. Bret Hart here is just amazing. Yeah. Fucking amazing. He can make anyone feel like they belong in the ring with him when it's all said and done. If you, if yeah, you ask 100%. me. And it's funny because, yes, he, Bret's hurt, right? And you see Jerry Lawler throughout the entire show wanting to have his match with Bret right then and there. Yeah. At the same time, too, they're doing this whole thing where, oh, they're doing the hotline number, right? With all the winners of the show, all the winners of the, with all the winners, basically, right? And Bret Hart was supposed to, I guess, be there to answer some phone calls and shit. And Jerry Lawler kept on insisting he wants his match with Bret right then and there. Right then and there, but we'll get into that later on in the show. Also, during the show, they were announcing that, hey, one lucky winner, one member of the WWE Universe, I know they didn't call it that back then, but a lucky fan, if you will, had the opportunity of a lifetime in winning a brand new house. That's right. in or A new house in Orlando, Florida. You had Todd Pangale and Stephanie Ward, right? Um, yeah, who was that chick? She was she's a producer and an actress knowing known for fixing Paco, changing lives. Um and yeah, she joined the WWE in late ninety four as a co host of WWF Mania. Yeah. Where yeah, that's basically her thing. That that was what she was doing back in the day. I'm not familiar with her, to be honest with you, but for Wikipedia, that's what she did. Um so they were doing this whole thing. They had they had police officers, security guards, if you will, literally protecting like this pool of like all these letters and shit. Yeah. And one lucky winner could win this new, at the time, just amazing house. Keep this in mind. This is the nineties, right? Right. Right. So at that time period, this house that they were gonna give away was holy shit. Can you imagine? Like the way you did, con- like you did. Like to me, that was like the the way they do give the way they did giveaways back in the day. You know how today you go on social media, right? You go on the gram, you go on Twitter, and you see them all the time. Even YouTube, like these big YouTube influencers, right? They do these giveaways. Oh, I'm giving I'm giving away a new iPhone 11 Pro. I'm giving away uh, these pair of Yeezys. I'm giving away. Uh, these new Travis Scott's Air Max. You know what I'm saying? Like, but back then, this was their take, WWE's way of doing a giveaway. 
giving away a house on in your house of all fucking shows, right? So there was right. that. And it ended up, the winner ended up being an 11-year-old from Henderson, Nevada. Whose name I already forgot. I forgot the name of the kid. Yeah, I forgot the name of the kid, too. They, yeah. they called this house. They didn't believe it. The parents didn't believe it. They won this whole thing, right? Uh, they presented the I guess to the family, right? On the May 22nd episode of Raw. And then the family sold the house for $175,000 six months later. That's crazy. The idea, even back then, to sell a house for that much money, it's impossible to hear even today. Especially here in New Jersey. Just saying. Just fucking saying. Right? Got that out of the way. We move on, Mike. We move on. We have Razor Ramon, Chico, if you will, the bad guy. Hey yo, hey yo, hey yo. Here versus Jeff Jarrett and the Roadie. Jeff Jarrett was the Intercontinental Champion at this time, and I thought honestly, dude, for what it was, I don't know why it was given twelve minutes and thirty six seconds. I don't know why, but this match, I'll say this: uh, they both worked on Razor Ramon. They worked on him. They worked on him until eventually Razor Ramon picked up the win, heading the Jeff Nike on Jeff Jarrett. Razor's Edge. My bad. Yeah, yeah, there you go. The Razor's Edge. It's all Powerbomb. <laughs> it's still a Powerbomb, yeah. goddammit. It, it, it is, it is. But it's still different. a fucking Powerbomb, okay? We didn't get to the Jack Knight just yet. That's the I, main event. I know. You gotta, you gotta remember, right? You gotta remember... Um, leading up to this whole thing, uh, they took out the one, two, three kid, Jeff Jarrett and the roadie. Right. It was supposed to be a tag team match, right? It was supposed to be a tag team match, and they took out the they took out the one, two, three kid. So Razor Ramon had to wrestle this match to one one. Before the match even took place, they even interviewed the one, two, three kid who was watching. They made sure to let you guys know that oh, he's watching on pay per view. He's watching from pay per view. These cheap motherfuckers, yo, even in the 90s, couldn't even, like, let them watch the show for free. They made their talent pay for the pay-per-view. God damn it, yo. God yeah, damn that's, it. That's funny. Couldn't even give them anything free. Exactly. Um, and, again, after the match, right? After the match, you see the roadie and Jared beating up Razor Ramon. They're beating him up, what have you. Um, just to see Savio Vega, Savio Vega come out and make the save. Yeah, this is his debut. His debut. No one knew who he was. It felt random as shit. There was that. Mike, your thoughts overall on the match, bro? Your thoughts overall? Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I thought um the uh, one, two, three kid. Uh, six pack, X pack guy on the phone. Uh, you think he was high when he was on the phone talking oh, to Vince? Fuck yeah, dude! You gotta believe he was. <laughs> he was on that powder. He was on that um on that nose candy, bro. Come on now. He, I don't think he probably he was a pill popper when he was younger. I don't know if he was indulging into. He was the, popping Molly. He was sweating, bro. I'm just saying, man. Popping Molly. Yeah. I'm sweating. 
Yeah, that's uh, that was hilarious to me. But you know, Mike, it was funny how he was reacting to Savio Vega. Mike, I'll say this though: in hey, 1995, you know, you all know what I was popping at four years old, dude. You what? all know what he, what four year old heel Steven was popping, bro. In 1995, I was popping Wilmas, bro. I was popping Wilmas. <laughs> That's right. What the heck are Wilmas? I was popping Wilmas. Please don't bite him, bro. Come on, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I was popping Wilmas. I'm sweating. I was popping Wilmas. I was healthy, bro. Come on. Popping yeah, Wilmers. I remember those Flintstone vitamins. Those were awful. The powder ones. Those were Pop awful. The Wilma. Hey, bro. Pop Wilma. I'm healthy. Just saying, man. Just say one time, bro. Pop Wilma. I'm healthy. No. And, Anyway, move, move, but your thoughts though, Mike, your thoughts on Sadio yeah, yeah. showing up. On... Fair enough, fair enough, man, fair enough. It's been a while, man. Yeah. It's been a while since we've done this stuff, so bear with us, guys. We then, from, we, from there, again, we go on to seeing, again, Jerry Lawler insisting to have the match right now with Bret Hart. Why, why are we having Bret, uh, have, why are we having Jerry Lawler wait, right? We go on to Mabel and Adam Bomb in a King of the Ring qualifying match. Oh my god. This match was the bleeding shit. I'm just saying that right now. This I remember is... a year before yeah. they made Adam Bomb was the heel. Yeah, I know, right? And they tried to make him a baby face. I get why they might have because of the size and all that, right? But I feel like honestly here, like, nah, bruh. It wasn't it, and they're pushing Mabel. Yeah, that's what was awful. Was this awful. was heel Mabel. They didn't have Oscar anymore. Nope. From Men on a Mission, the rapper dude. For anybody that's wondering what I was talking about, I know. But um, yeah, this was awful. I hated Men on a Mission as a heel, as heels. Me too. I missed that rap team when they came out to the ring and shit back in the day. But yeah, me too. That's beside the point. Um. This match was the bleeding shit. It was like it, it literally lasted a minute and fifty four seconds. Not even two minutes. They couldn't. They couldn't even give these guys two minutes. Like, come on, bro. Yeah, but we all know who won King of the Ring that year. Yeah, we know who was gonna go on to win. The worst one, Mabel. Mabel. There you go with that. Let's move on, shall? Because the less we talk about that, the better. Okay. Rest in peace, Mabel. By the way. So there you go with that yeah. too. Yeah. True. 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 We go on to Owen Hart and Yokozuna defending the WWF or WWE Tag Team Championships versus the Smoking Guns. This was the rematch from WrestleMania 11. By the way, Owen and Yoko were accompanied by Jim Cornette, my uncle, by the way, everyone's favorite wrestling manager of all time. God damn it. Just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know everyone wants to. I, I know everybody and their mother wants Cornet's head on a silver platter. Holy shit! And Mr. Fuji, right? It's very obvious from watching this match. Yoko was not at the same level that he was a year prior, or two years prior to that, when he was WWE champion. It's yeah. obvious as shit here. Don't get me wrong. Yoko had still had the speed. A little bit, but it just wasn't the same anymore. It really wasn't. His weight got he got fatter. I know I shouldn't be talking. I know that. Holy crap. Owen, again, here, was like the shiny thing on the match. 
the shining, I guess, grace here, if you will. It is crazy to think that a couple of weeks ago, they talked about dark on dark side of the ring. They talked about Owen Hart and all that. It's like, God damn, yeah, I really miss this guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you watch Owen here wrestle, and again, he was amazing. Owen took the bumps for his team here and worked with both the both Bart and Billy Gunn. Right? And it's like, yo, it's crazy to think that this guy over a decision that was so stupid, he's no longer with us. Yeah, no, it stinks. And you and I remember like you heard Jericho in that in the documentary say, Hey, you know, Owen could have had a career resurgence. Think about the matches you could think about the matches you could have had in like two thousand. Right? Yeah. Owen and Jericho. Owen versus um Benoit. Benoit. I know don't nobody won't say that name, but still Owen Who versus cares? Owen versus Eddie. Owen versus Edge, even though they had a match already. The list goes on. Yeah. The list goes on of all the matches he the matches he could hell, even the WWE title run. Why the fuck not? But the point here though, again, this match for what it was worth, Owen saved this match for me. Um it was all said and done though. The the team of Owen and Yoko got the win. Mike, your thoughts on the match? Uh the match was there. I mean it wasn't the best. It was cool, but um yeah, it was a decent match. Fair enough, bro. Fair enough. And again, you saw obviously Yokozuna's condition just really wasn't the same anymore. Right. And all that stuff. It's just crazy to think. Really, really crazy. Um, from there, we go to the co-main event. It finally happens. Jerry Lawler versus Brett the Hitman Hart. Um, Jerry Lawler's coffee comes out with his mother. Yeah, right. A very attractive mother, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. C- certified MILF. <laughs> yeah. Remember, it's Mother's Day. It's Mother's Day. It's Mother's oh. Day. So as all this is happening, they interview Bret Hart backstage. Right? No. And moments before the match even took place, Bret Hart revealed that his injury was fake. <laughs> It was fake. Yeah. He, yeah. Tri- he fooled everybody. He fooled me. He fooled you. Damn, bro. He, he worked everybody, bro. He worked everybody. Yeah. Just like everyone got a word when Drake Maverick allegedly got fired. I don't want to hear it. Just like Carol Baskins killing her husband. He fed him to the tiger. They snacking. Just saying. Just saying, okay? <laughs> right. We get to the match. Everyone thought that, yes, finally, Bret Hart is going to get his hands on Jerry the King Lawler, right? I remember as a kid, I am not going to lie, as a kid growing up, I always, always wanted to see Bret Hart get his hands on Jerry Lawler. I can't tell you guys how many times. No cap. No cap. No lie for all the kids out there that are wondering, what the hell is a no cap? Right? Mm-hmm. And it looks like it's gonna happen. It looks like Bret Hart is finally gonna have his way here, right? On that big old mean Jerry Lawler, the Burger King, right? Right. 
and out of nowhere it looks like again Bret having his way and then out comes again there's a moment where the referee gets attacked right yeah that what happened Mike the referee got attacked yeah it was a ref bump the ref yeah the old ref bump if you will and then out come again the moment where I guess Brett had him in, I think in the sharpshooter it was yep right and a sharpshooter um out came Hakushi. Yep, the white kamikaze. The white kamikaze himself comes out, and he keep this in mind, right? Earl Hebner became tied upside down the ring ropes. <laughs> yeah, keep that in mind. Uh, and he performed a diving headbar to a, a diving headbutt to Bret Hart, that being Hakushi. And then after that, Lawler won the match when he rolled up Bret Hart for the pinfall. This match went about five minutes and one second, by the way, dude. Yeah, it was a short match. It was a short match. Yeah. yeah, go on. I'm sorry, bro. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, it was a short match, but I feel like it was short because this rivalry was going to continue, especially where you find out where it was going to lead into later on in 95. Right. So I was fine with it. I was totally fine with it. No problem whatsoever. Mike, your thoughts, though? Uh, I really don't have any. You know, self-explanatory. You know, it was the heel ways of Jared King, Lawler, Cater, Burger King. And, uh, yeah, we will all see what will happen after this. So, Yes. And from there, we go on to the main event. Big Daddy Cool Diesel versus Psycho Sid. For the WWE Championship. So let's give you guys the whole breakdown of this, right? So as you guys remember, WrestleMania 11, Diesel defeated Shawn Michaels to retain the WWE Championship. Partly due to interference by Michaels' bodyguard. That being Sid backfiring, right? And the following night, Michael stated that for a potential rematch, he would give Sid the night off causing the bodyguard to turn on Michaels by powerbombing him three times. And Diesel eventually came out to help Michaels. And Michaels was legitimately injured. And this sidelined him for six weeks, effectively uh, shelving literally plans for a rematch between Diesel and Michaels. Um, And then Diesel was scheduled to defend this title against Bam Bam Bigelow, a member of the Million Dollar Corporation stable, after a stage confrontation between the two on the April 16th, 1995 episode of Action Zone, a secondary television program for the WWF, on the same day on Wrestling Challenge, another secondary television program in a segment featuring the corporation and Bigelow with notably snubbed signaling a turn. Over the weekend of April 16th, right, a match between Sid and Diesel was scheduled for In Your House, in which Sid could potentially face Diesel for the WWE Championship, depending on whether he retained or lost his title to Bigelow. On the April 24th episode of Raw, Sid stated he was unhappy about the stipulation, as it meant that if Bigelow won, Sid would not get the title shot, 
right? Diesel retained, and then the corporation turned on Bigelow with the Tonka tripping Bigelow as he ran off the ropes. Diesel hit Bigelow with the, with the big boot and executed a powerbomb, the Jaff Knight powerbomb for the win. After the contest, Bigelow was insulted by Ted DiBiase and attacked by the corporation. Diesel, who had gone back to the, lock, back to the locker room, came to Bigelow's aid and in Sid's match with Razor Ramon on the May 1st episode of Raw, Diesel approached the ready-to-fight Sid, who, along with the corporation manager, DiBiase, Ted DiBiase, that is, left the arena abruptly. The following week on Raw, DiBiase revealed that he and Sid had been working together for a while, admitting that it was him who told Shawn Michaels to get a bodyguard. So there you go with that. But that's the lead up to this. But let me ask you a question, Mike. Reading that, me reading that, that lining up that is what led up to the main event of In Your House One. Did that get you excited for the match at all? Uh, I mean, you reading it, no, but watching it, maybe. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Again, this is ninety-five, by the way. Just, just keep that in mind too. And we get to right. the match. We get to the match. Sid and Diesel, two big guy. The pa- the, the 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 battle of the power bombs. Exactly. Um, what I found funny in the beginning of the match, they have a stare off, right? And Sid yeah. blinks. He blinks. He blinks like three times, and, shit, and then Diesel has his way with him. Eventually, eventually, and like in the first like opening sequence, Diesel takes Sid off his feet. Okay. If, you, if you will. And the moment where Sid is just working on Diesel, working on him, this is like basically like the Hulk Hogan format of a match. Let the bad guy get all his offense moves in, hit his finisher, and then Hogan will kick out, if you will, right? Throw three right. punches, like Hulk up, throw three punches, drop the le- hit the boot, drop the leg, and it's over, right? right. Sid here, again, just worked on Diesel. They were fighting on the outside. Just working on him, right? Working on his back, whatever, right? And Sid eventually hits a choke slam, then the powerbomb. His powerbomb. And he starts celebrating like he already won. He goes for the cover, gets a near fall. And then from there, everything changed. Diesel um, hit him with the snake eyes. Hit, try him with a big boot. If you watch closely, Diesel doesn't even hit Sid in the face with the boot. If you watch well, closely. Yeah, I know, because that's what, that's what you call a great worker. I know, right? <laughs> and then hits his powerbomb. And before he even hits it, before, before, before he gets the cover, like one, two, Tatanka comes out and attacks Diesel. Ends in a disqualification. Diesel retains. And a brawl, what have you, right? And then out comes Bam Bam Bigelow for the save. So you see Bigelow and Diesel celebrating in the ring. They have the pyro, and they go off the air. That was in your house. Mike, your thoughts on the main event? Um, For what it was, both guys actually 
wrestled pretty good. Uh, going in, you would think, you know, uh, Diesel versus Psycho Sid, this is going to be very slow and terrible and botchy. But, hey, it wasn't. It was pretty good. It was uh, good for those guys' standards, you know. And uh, I, I enjoyed it. I forgot Tatanka was a heel at this time. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty decent. It really, really was. I think at the same time, I know a lot of people gave Diesel's run as champion. They gave him a lot of shit for it. I think me as a kid, I I would understand. But as I'm old, now that I'm about to be 30 in a couple of days, thanks for reminding me, people. I can appreciate Diesel's run as champion. For what it was worth, I can appreciate it. If you will. Yeah. So I was okay with it. I really, really was. Right? And that was the first in your house. And again, at the following pay-per-view, because it was like the aftermath, right? At the following pay-per-view, King of the Ring, 95, Diesel teamed up with Bam Bam Bigelow to defeat Sid and Tatanka. Sid faced Diesel in a rematch for the WWE, for the WWF champion for the WWF Championship at the In Your House 2 pay-per-view in a lumberjack match. Diesel retained after hitting Sid with the with his boot. Mabel's push culminated with him winning the King of the Ring tournament by defeating Savio Vega in the finals. With this win, Mabel went to went on to face Diesel at SummerSlam 95 for the WWE Championship, where Diesel retained the title. The rivalry between Bret Hart and Jerry Lawler continued into the King of the Ring 95, where with the two facing facing each other at the event in a Kiss My Foot match, where Hart won despite outside interference from Hakushi, making Lawler submit to the sharpshooter, and after the match, Hart forced Lawler to kiss his feet. But overall, listen, for In Your House, right... I, again, to me, this was a pass. Bret Hart here again showed that this guy can make anybody feel like a million bucks. He did double duty. Well, if you want to be technical with it, right? If you want to be technical with it, Mike, so did Owen Hart. Yeah. Owen Hart wrestled British Bulldog to a draw for a King of the Ring qualifying match that went 15 minutes. Bam Bam defeated Tatanka in a single match that went 8 minutes and 50 seconds. The Undertaker defeated Kama in a match that went 13 minutes and 8 seconds. Again, these were dark matches that did not even air on the pay-per-view. That I felt right. sure of. But for whatever yeah. reason, it didn't happen. But again, In Your House 90, in your house 1, 1995, I give it a pass. Again, In Your House was a big part of my childhood growing up as a kid. So I'm happy that NXT, they're bringing it back through NXT, even if it's a takeover. At the same time, though, I would love to see the main roster bring it back once the world is back to normal, of course. But we'll see about that. Mike, your thoughts overall? Overall, decent pay-per-view. It was first in your house, the concept of cheaper price pay-per-views from your regular $24.99 going from $24.99 to $14.99 being two two hours basically uh hour and a half um gave away a house all of the matches really good i enjoyed it i really did too for what it's worth yes and again they gave away a house 
Gave away a freaking house. A free fucking house, yo. Holy shit. Follow that, Tony Khan. Follow that. Anyway, guys, this was fun. Going back to In Your House 90. Going back to In Your House 1. In Your House is this Sunday. Live on the WWE Network. The first one since uh, St. Valentine's Day Massacre, 1999. Uh, Me and Mike will be doing a review once the show is over on Sunday. So if you're not subbed to the channel, hit the subscribe button now. Hit the hit the thumbs up on YouTube and all that fun stuff. If you're on Apple Podcasts, if you're on Stitcher Radio, Spotify, what have you, give us the five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and all the other fun stuff. It does help out the show in the long run. You can follow me on Twitter at HeelSteven. If you're on the YouTube channel right now, hit that subscribe button down below. And Big Mike, let them know, bro. Where can they check you out, man? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Big Mike's WRS. You can follow me on Instagram at Big Mike's Wrestling Recap Show. And you can subscribe to me on YouTube at Big Mike's Wrestling Recap Show as well. And with that being said, guys, remember, next week, we'll be recapping Invasion 2001. But more importantly, guys, this has been another installment of The Throwback. Peace out, dorks. Eat. <laughs>